How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Mood for Feud. I'm your host Katia and today we're going to be looking at Eminem and Mariah Carey. And this feud was so fun to research. I think especially when two music people are fighting, you know, we get to unpack their beef um, through their songs that they put out and through the lyrics that they write and it just gives the whole thing another layer of information for us to talk about. So yeah, I had such a great time putting this together. I really hope that you enjoy the episode. I will say right up top, um, bit of a trigger warning, there are going to be mentions of substance abuse and drug overdose, so if that's something that is triggering to you, I recommend not listening to this episode. It's not prevalent the entire time, but there are. it's definitely a recurring theme. And then the other thing I'll just say is that this is definitely an explicit episode, so if you're around some kids, maybe chuck some headphones on. We're talking about Eminem lyrics, so you know, those can be pretty gross at times. And yeah, I haven't bleeped anything out, so yeah, just <laughs> maybe take a look around and just see who else is in the room with you. <laughs> before you start listening. Other than that, I don't really have too much to say. I hope that you all had a great week and I hope that if you're in New Zealand, you're recovering from crate day yesterday. But yeah, other than that, sit back, relax, chuck on some low-rise jeans and we're going back to the 2000s. Okay guys, Eminem and Mariah Carey. I'm not going to lie to you guys, Eminem is a massive guilty pleasure of mine and I know that's problematic and I know that's controversial and you know what, don't come for me, okay? Because I'm aware, I'm self-aware, but we're all allowed to have that one or two like problematic artists and I'm just choosing to separate the artist from the art here. I'm also too far gone because I've been listening to Eminem since I was 12 years old. I would write out his lyrics during school all over my notebooks, which which is actually super deranged behavior now that I think about it because why was I writing in my like best cursive writing, the most cutesiest writing all over my books, but then the lyrics I was writing out were like, till I snap your neck like a popsicle stick. <laughs> like, yeah, so I am a huge Eminem fan, but don't think that means I'm gonna take his side in this feud. You know, I'm gonna hold him accountable. And then, yeah, Mariah Carey's obviously a massive icon, but I wasn't as obsessed with her growing up until maybe the last year or two I've been getting really into her music. And I think it's because I'm getting this, like, nostalgic vibe from it. Her music reminds me so much of what my mom and aunties would listen to. And so when I hear some of her more ballad type music like Always Be My Baby or We Long Together, I like am teleported back into the garage drinks, you know, if you know, you know. And yeah, I just love that feeling. The more I get older, the more I crave that like nostalgic feeling. So all time favorite, definitely Eminem, but most recent favorite, definitely Mariah Carey. So before we get to the feud, I'm gonna give a little background into Eminem and Mariah Carey, similar as I did last episode. Obviously everyone knows who these two are, right? Like they don't need an introduction, they are still so relevant today. So for this like background search, I've focused on who they were before they were famous and hopefully those are parts that are more interesting to you or parts that you're like less aware of. Again, if you want to skip straight to the feud, you know what to do. Show notes, timestamps, boom, off you go, see you later. For everyone else, let's get into Eminem. So Eminem was born Marshall Bruce Mathers in Missouri. He is a Libra. Who saw that coming? Not me. I always thought personally he was giving me fire or water energy if I had to guess. I would have maybe said 
water sun sign fire rising because he kind of seems a little bit emotional to me no hate to my water sign friends and then at the same time he's also like a little bit overprotective like my fire sign friends again no shade no tea but he's a libra he's an air sign so i thought that was really interesting he was an only child to his parents his mom debbie would have another son like a decade after that but for yeah the first 10 12 years of his life he was an only child and he was raised by his mom and his dad left when he was super young his dad left when he was so young that he doesn't actually have any like memories of his dad he's never met the man he's yeah he doesn't know who that is and his mum and him moved around a lot before they settled into middle-class Detroit and that is where Eminem did most of his growing up he did have a bit of a tough time growing up I think him and his mum often lived in like maybe sketchier neighborhoods and in trailer parks and things like that like money would have been quite tight for them and in a Rolling Stones article he describes how he would often get jumped like pretty badly uh, when he was walking between home and school so yeah not the greatest upbringing at one point he tried to write to his dad whom he obviously never met but the letters would always come back return to sender ah uh, why am i getting emotional about that i'm just picturing this little kid like getting the, his letters back that's just that's fucking sad anyway he dropped out of school at 15 and there's a bit of a discrepancy between how he describes this time in his life and how his mom describes it so he kind of says that his mom struggled a lot with drugs and that most of his paychecks from his first job at 15 years old she would take and cash in for herself his mom denies both of those accusations uh, she maintains she's never touched drugs and she also says she would never take his paychecks so who knows what the real story there is when he was a teenager he would often attend open mic rap contests and if you haven't seen the movie eight mile put it on your watch list right now it is such a good movie it's all about it's like based on eminem's early life and rap contests feature very heavily in the movie and so you can definitely see that these open mic nights had a big impact on eminem becoming the rapper he is today in 1995 he became a dad he would have been only 23 years old and he had his daughter Haley with his partner Kim Scott and Haley was actually born on Christmas which I was looking this up the other day one of the rarest birthdays he released his first album in 1996 and honestly it wasn't that well received and Eminem credits the kind of this flop I guess as giving him the anger and motivation that he then poured into later more successful tracks and this is also around about the time when he invented Slim Shady, his alter ego and the flop of his first album inspires him to use rap as an outlet for like all the crap in his life basically. In 1997 he releases the Slim Shady EP and this gets him his deal with Interscope and up until then him and Kim had been living in pretty bad housing you know at one point he describes a stray bullet literally flying through their kitchen window while they were trying to do their dishes so it was really important for him to succeed and try and get some better living conditions for Kim and Haley. So Dre hears Slim Shady EP and requests to meet Eminem right away and they record the song My Name Is in an hour, which is just insane. That is so quick. And yeah, from there, Eminem's career really kicks off. You know, obviously having a deal with Interscope and then having a song come out with Dr. Dre, like pretty much the rest is history from there. 
An interesting fact that I found out maybe three years ago is that Eminem actually has two other children besides Hayley. And I feel like Hayley is the one who features so heavily in his work, mostly about being the inspiration for him to keep working and providing for his family or in When I'm Gone which is a great song he talks about the struggle of being a rapper and a father at the same time but then one day I was listening to Mockingbird and then he mentioned someone called Lainey and it turns out Lainey short for Elena is Eminem's niece that he legally adopted in the early 2000s. Lainey was born two years before Hayley in 1993 and her mom is actually Kim's twin sister Dawn Scott however her mom really unfortunately unfortunately struggled with drug addiction and so Eminem became Lainey's legal guardian. Lainey's mum unfortunately passed away in 2016 from a suspected drug overdose. So yeah that's really really sad um, but yeah since the early 2000s Eminem's been Lainey's legal guardian. And then after I found out about Lainey I did some more digging and Eminem also has legally adopted one of Kim's children called Stevie. So Kim and Eminem had a really rocky relationship you know they were they were very much on again off again on again off again and during one of their off again moments Kim was with another guy I think he was a tattoo artist and together they had Stevie. However, Stevie's biological father did have addiction problems. And so, yeah, similar to Lainey, Eminem became Stevie's legal guardian. Stevie's biological dad unfortunately passed away in 2020. Again, it was from a suspected substance overdose. So similar situation to Lainey, super sad. Yeah, just heartbreaking, really. Bit of an interesting story, but in 2021, Stevie made a TikTok video where they recounted how they found out about being adopted. And in the video, Stevie alleges that Eminem never actually told them that he was not their biological father. And so they found out when they got sent an article about their biological father and they, like Stevie literally had to send it to their grandma and be like, is this true? That is just the craziest way to find out about something like that. I don't know what Eminem was thinking with hiding this adoption allegedly, but in spite of this, I will say Eminem does seem like he is a good dad. He has mentioned in an interview with Mike Tyson how proud he is of all of his children. He was quoted saying, when I think about my accomplishments, that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of is that being able to raise kids. And I believe it. It sounds so genuine. And, you know, this the way that he adopted Lainey and Stevie when they were in need of maybe a more... I'm not going to say stable guardian because Lord knows Eminem. <laughs> Eminem is not the picture of stability. But at least, you know, they would have always been provided for in their home, right? Like he would have, they would have always had a roof over their head. They would have always had access to any resources they needed. In 2021, Stevie came out as non-binary. And I'm bringing this up because last year in 2022, Eminem actually turned down an $8 million offer to perform at the Qatar World Cup because of the anti-LGBTQ plus policies in Qatar. And I can't help but think that Stevie would have had a big influence on this. I'm not saying that Eminem would have taken the gig if Stevie didn't come out, but I think given how highly Eminem speaks of all his children, I feel like this would have at least formed part of the decision, which I do respect. 
And you know, the Qatar World Cup was super contentious. I know a lot of viewers and teams were unhappy about the fact that Qatar is so prominently anti-LGBTQ plus rights. And so I think it's cool that we see Eminem position himself correctly here on the right side of history because, you know, that man can be a bit of a wild card. He's known for using the F slur in his songs, which is so derogatory to the whole rainbow community, but particularly to gay men. And some of his lyrics are absolutely demeaning to queer people. And yet it's so weird because before gay marriage was legalized in the US, he was very openly for gay marriage. And he even gifted Alton John and his husband, David Furnish, these penis-shaped rings. Actually, now I'm not so sure because the article that I read this in just says penis rings. And I just assumed that meant a penis-shaped ring, but now I'm starting to think it might have been a ring for the penis. I don't know. Somebody go look that up. I don't... (laughs) I don't want that in my search history, but you guys go for it. So yeah, I think this is a good example of how complex the world actually is. And you know, someone can be really terrible and write hateful lyrics towards a community and then still support their child who's part of that community and give up an $8 million gig and have queer friendships. And yeah, I think too often we always try to consider someone as being either good or being bad. And the truth is most people fall somewhere in between. And this is a great example of that. So yeah, anyway, there's a shallow deep dive into Eminem and his children. I don't know why I find that so fascinating, but I guess when you think of Eminem, you might not immediately associate him with having adopted these children. Okay, moving on to Mariah Carey. Again, she is still super popular today. She is well known for her five octave vocal range. We've all heard the whistle note. She was hailed the Songbird Supreme by Guinness World Records. And same thing as Eminem, we'll look into her rise to fame because we all still, we know who she is, okay? She's not going anywhere. So Mariah Carey was born March 27th, making her an Aries. And (laughs) I feel like, I feel like last week it sounded like I was slandering Aries a lot and I just want to make this clear I am an Aries stan okay I'm a supporter it wasn't meant to be slander I am just like this is so typical like I knew when I was making a podcast about celebrity feuds that I would see this star sign a lot Mariah Carey was born in Long Island, New York, and I don't know if you guys saw this video as well, but I got this TikTok of her speaking in her New York accent, and I have to say, it sounds so cute. I wish she would talk like that more often. She says she hides her accent because it's like no one would understand her if she talked in her in her normal voice, but no, she sounds cute as hell. She needs to do it more often. Another fun fact about Mariah Carey, she is 12 years old. You don't believe me? Go look at her most recent birthday cake. It has a big number 12 on it. And then go look at her birthday cake from the year before that. It also has a 12 on it. (laughs) So yeah, she's 12 years old. Don't ask me about the science behind that. Her dad was an aeronautical engineer and is of African-American and Afro-Venezuelan descent. And her mom is Irish and worked as a vocal coach and opera singer. Mariah's mom was actually disowned by her parents for marrying a man of color. And their family was subject to a lot of racial attacks while Mariah was growing up. And this is super sad, but in an Oprah interview, Mariah's mom recalled an instance where someone fired a bullet through the window one night while they were eating. And oh my gosh, who else had a bullet come flying through the window, through the kitchen window? Eminem. Weird coincidence? Or is that just living in hashtag America? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, obviously for wildly different reasons, right? But still, isn't isn't that a weird coincidence? That they both, like, how many people do you know who this has happened to? 
Mariah's parents divorced when she was just three years old and the rumors were that it was from pressure that her mum received for being with a colored man and uh, I just freaking hate that. I hate that so much. It's so freaking sad when people can't just mind their own business. Let people be. At four years old, Mariah quickly developed a passion for singing and she started singing lessons, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. Her mom was literally a vocal coach, so she had the resources right there. In her teens, Mariah worked as a waitress and a coat check girl and was even attending cosmetology school all while still writing music. And she explained in a Stephen Colbert interview that she didn't like waitressing because she would always have to explain to people how to pronounce her name. And then in the end, she just made up a name so that it was easier for people to say. And this is so relatable. I don't know why I don't do this in general, right? Like anytime there's anything with a name tag involved, from now on, I'm just gonna put something else on it. She eventually got her break as a backup vocalist for Brenda K. Starr, and Starr was actually the one who handed Mariah's demo to the CEO of Sony Music at the time called Tommy Mottola. And he signed Mariah and released her debut album, which was a massive success and awarded Mariah Carey with two Grammy Awards, one for Best New Artist and another for Best Female Pop Vocalist wildly different reaction to her first album compared to Eminem's first album. When Mariah was 24 and Tommy Mottola was 44, they got married and they were together for five years. And Mariah has since spoken out about the marriage and said it felt very oppressive. So whilst Mottola did see her potential and skyrocket her into fame, it definitely came with its drawbacks. And even though she was an adult when they married, I do always get sus when it's like they met when she was a teen, right? So like, I don't know, to me that still seems kind of weird because if I was a... 40 year old man meeting a teenager, you know, even five years later when they're no longer a teenager, I would still feel like, I don't know, I'd still feel like they were a teenager to me because the age gap is quite big and I knew them when they were a child. So yeah, like there was, you know, nothing illegal about it, but I still get weird, weird vibes. Following her divorce to Tony, Mariah signed an $80 million contract with Virgin Records, making her the highest paid recording artist at the time. However, shortly after, she suffered a mental breakdown and was hospitalized. And a year later, Virgin Records did terminate this contract. I'm not going to go into too much about her mental breakdown because I do want to do a separate deep dive on Mariah's relationship with her family. But TLDR is it was very much giving Britney Spears in terms of her family's reliance on Mariah's success and the pressures that they would exert on her to make money. She did make a comeback in 2005 with her album The Emancipation of Mimi and like Eminem she is someone who has stayed relevant ever since. Like I feel like young Gen Z would know who both of these people are even though they have been in the industry for, you know, since the 90s. Obviously, Mariah defrosts every December and becomes everyone's favorite whistletone diva. But I actually, you know, listening through her discography, I'm realizing she deserves more credit than to just be the Christmas queen, you know? Like, she's got a really solid music career behind her. And all the people saying that she can't sing, I want to hear you sing. I want to hear you on that mic. You must be so good. I want to hear your five octave range. Mariah often gets hailed as a diva, but in my opinion, this is, 
she's just putting on an act, right? Like, I feel like she finds it funny to be considered a diva, and so she really leans into it, and then the public just don't know how to take a fucking joke, and so they, like, blow up every little thing she does. Like, for example, in that interview where someone asks her what she thinks about Jennifer Lopez, and she says, I don't know her. Obviously, she fucking knows who JLo is, right? But she's just being funny. Like, it's meant to be a joke. I feel like it's so obvious, and people get so pressed about it. Like, oh, she thinks she's better than everyone. It's just a joke. It's not that deep. To me, she's very clearly joking and just having fun with the fact that she gets labeled as a diva, you know? Like, oh, you think I'm a diva? I'm gonna give you diva. Now, when you mix someone like that who likes to stir the pot a little bit, likes to lean into diva behavior, when you mix that with someone like Eminem who literally takes absolutely everything super personally and can't let it go and has to stew on it for years and years, you basically get a match made in hell. And that's kind of the tagline for this feud. And it did make me think of that Eminem lyric that's like, that's what happens when you mix a tornado with a volcano. This is the perfect example of that. This is like two people whose personalities do not mesh. So the feud starts in 2001. Mariah Carey asks Eminem if he wants to collaborate on her album Charm Bracelet. And at this time, Eminem is very prominent in the headlines, both for good and bad things. His album, the Marshall Mathers LP, was released the year before, and it had done super well. It's got really big tracks on that album, like The Real Slim Shady and his song Stan. And fun fact, this is where the term stan comes from. You know, like in Gen Z culture, when people will be like, oh, I'm a BTS stan. I'm a Taylor Swift stan. That's where the reference comes from. It comes from Eminem's song Stan, which is obviously about like a super fanatic, obsessive fan. So yeah, despite having these really big tracks and the album doing really well, he was also put on blast. Um, people were calling him out for his homophobic lyrics, as well as misogynistic lyrics, and to be honest, quite graphically violent lyrics towards women. Some of the controversial tracks like Kim, which is obviously about Kim Mathers, his girlfriend turned wife, and mother of his daughter Haley, and I guess mother of his child Stevie as well. But yeah, in the song Kim, Eminem imitates violently abusing Kim and putting her in his car boot, and he actually imitates Kim screaming while he's doing it, and it's honestly a super disgusting track, and I do not recommend listening to it if you feel like eating lunch today. Despite all that, he was he was big in the headlines, so it does make sense that Mariah would want to collaborate with him at this point in time. Now, the two collaborate, and following the collaboration, Eminem starts to hint that him and Mariah had dated for several months while they were working on this album. And Mariah completely denies this, and maintains that their relationship was purely professional. Any two normal people would just, you know, put it out there, agree to disagree, and move on. But we're talking about Eminem and Mariah. So in 2002, when Eminem releases his next album, The Eminem Show, he starts writing into his lyrics references to this alleged relationship that he had with Mariah. So we get the song Superman, and in there we've got the lyric, What you trying to be my new wife, what you Mariah fly through twice. And fly through twice here, I think, is referencing the rumor that he started <laughs> that Mariah Carey would fly her private jet specifically to see him. And so he's kind of saying, like, you know, like, if she's flying her jet to me. Like, obviously we're banging. And then he's also got the track When the Music Stop. And in there he's got the lyric, What the fuck you take me for a joke? You smoking crack? For I do that, I'd beg Mariah to take me back. And in a Rolling Stones interview around the similar time, you know, he gets asked about this potential relationship, 
and he basically says that once he got to know her better he didn't like what he got to know and so it was just a really natural parting of ways. He was quoted saying, I don't want to be disrespectful because I respect her as a singer, but on the whole personal level, I'm not feeling it. I just don't like her as a person. I gotta be honest, I learned a lesson from it. I have respect for her, but she doesn't really have it all together. I'll just say that. And that she's a beautiful woman. The cheek of Eminem saying someone else doesn't have it all together. I feel like I would take that as a personal deep attack. <laughs> So a couple months after this, we're still in 2002, Mariah drops Charm Bracelet, and I can't find the collab that her and Eminem did together for this album. I feel like she must have taken it off the album for obvious reasons, but if anyone knows what their collaboration was meant to be or has, like, manages to find it on the internet, let me know. Now, in Charm Bracelet, she has a song called Clown, and it's very clearly about Eminem. She doesn't name him in any of her music. Like, Eminem can't keep Mariah's name out of his mouth, but she makes it obvious, but she never says his name. So in Clown, we get the lyrics, I should have left it at how you doing. I should have left it at I like your music too. And I should have never called you back when you pursued me. You should have never intimated we were lovers when you know very well we never even touched each other. So Mariah's doubling down, like, no, we were never anything. This man is just delusional. And she even addresses the private jet rumors. She's got the lyric, I gotta break it to you delicately, dummy. Taking my G5 20 minutes wasn't nothing. But I guess you wouldn't know that's the way I roll. Consequently, now your ego's fully overblown. You don't want the world to know that you're just a puppet show and the little boy inside often sits at home alone and cries. Damn, no chill. <laughs> she fully just bodied him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because she took that so fucking far. She started off being like, yeah, I take my private jet everywhere. Like, that's not anything new. And then she goes to, like, attacking his inner child. <laughs> On the same day as her album drops, Mariah appears on Oprah and she's quoted as saying, I talked to him, I've spoken to him a few times, but in terms of having an intimate relationship with men, I can name them all on one hand and he is not on the hand. Meanwhile, Eminem is running around in interviews saying that the rumors are true, it's all real and Mariah is continuously denying it over and over. In a Larry King interview, Mariah states, I hung out with him, I spoke to him on the phone, I think I was probably with him a total of four times, and I don't consider that dating somebody. It's very clear that there's some disagreement going on here, but again, these two can't let it go, and in 2003, Mariah Carey performs Clown on stage, and during the track, she has one of her female dancers come out wearing a blonde wig and a Detroit jumper, and it's obviously meant to look like Eminem. So again, even though she doesn't say his name, we know, like, 100% Clown is about Eminem. In 2005, Eminem has his own little clapback performance, and he's on stage, he's changing the lyrics to songs to purposefully diss Mariah. The most popular clip from this is the bit where he's like, Mariah Carey looks so, so scary, I don't want to see an ass like that. Every time I see her booty on MTV, she's so annoying, annoying, annoying. I'll try to find a clip of that for the Instagram, it's kind of catchy. And at the end of that song, he leaks alleged voicemails of Mariah Carey saying, I hear you were getting back with your ex-wife. Why won't you see me? Why won't you call me? And after these voicemails play, he throws up into a fake toilet and rolls into his song Puke. 
It's kind of iconic. Um, I mean, it's fucked up, but it's also kind of iconic. Are the voicemails real? I don't know. Some people speculate it's Dina Ray doing an impression of Mariah. Dina Ray is the uh, woman who features on a song, Superman. Obviously, Mariah's friends all allege it's an imposter. I will say the voicemail is pretty good quality considering we're in 2005 and this would have been left on a Nokia brick. But some of Eminem's fans are saying it's good quality because it's been remastered, but that the voicemails are legit. In 2006, Eminem takes more shots at Mariah. In his re-up album, he has a single called Jimmy Crackcorn that features 50 cents and we get the lyrics meanwhile your mind's on us like mine's on mariah and y'all is just like her you're all fucking liars but i'll just keep fucking you like i fucked her right in the ass with ky yes sir ah i couldn't even say that with a straight face I'm sorry, mom. Eminem interviews with Shade 45 radio station. And again, he's pushing the narrative that they did date for six to seven months, but that they had different personalities. And he expresses that he finds her talented, but he's just getting really bothered by her denying his relationship with her. Yeah, this also tracks for me. Like, as I was saying up top, Eminem can't let shit go. Mariah likes to stir the pot. So we're just going to keep, keep going. In 2007, 50 Cent gets involved. He did feature on the song Jimmy Crackhorn, but like, I don't really get why he would feel the need to take a side here. But this is during um, a time where Eminem was actually taking a break from music to deal with some drug issues. And 50 Cent releases the song All of Me. And in there we get the lyric, you fuck him, they get you heated, deny you like Mariah. So he's very much on Eminem's side in all of this. In 2008, Eminem is in rehab following a really severe drug overdose that actually nearly claimed his life, which is so scary. And in this year, Mariah gets married to Nick Cannon. In 2009, Eminem is out of rehab, was part of his therapy, learning to forgive and let go of people who wronged him in his past. Absolutely not, because he drops his album Relapse, and on there we get the track Bagpipes from Baghdad, which is a really interesting song. He has this accent in it, and it, I can't take it seriously. But it's also, yeah, uh, don't listen to the lyrics in the second half of that song, is all I'll advise you to do. But anyway, at the top of the song, we get the lyrics, Locked in Mariah's wine cellar, all I had for lunch was bread, wine, more bread, wine, and Captain Crunch. Mariah, what's ever happened to us? Why did we have to break up? All I asked for was a glass of punch. I can't imagine what's going through your mind after such an easy breakup with that Latin hunk, Luis Miguel. Nick Cannon better back the fuck up. I'm not playing. I want her back, you punk. I mean, I really want you bad, you cunt. Nick, you had your fun. I've come to kick you in your sack of junk. I ain't playing no fucking more, Nick Cannon, you prick. I wish you luck with the fucking whore. Yeah. So if anything, the time off in rehab just gave him more time to sit and think about this and be like, when I get back, when I catch you, Ricky, Ricky, when I catch you, Ricky. I hope you guys know that TikTok sound. In 2009, Nick Cannon releases a Tumblr post and he comes to Mariah's defense. Obviously, the two are married at the time, so uh, I can kind of see why he's getting involved. I can see why he's getting involved a little bit more than I could see why 50 Cent decided to give his two cents. But the Tumblr post that Nick Cannon writes is titled How Cute. 
It was deleted shortly after posting, and in an EW interview, Nick says he deleted it because it was garnering so much internet traffic, and too many people were commenting on it, and the site was crashing. And according to him, that's the only reason he took it down. It was like technical difficulties rather than <laughs> I'm pretty sure he took it down because he was like fuck <laughs> I'm messing with a madman <laughs> and again I couldn't find the post like it seems like it was genuinely deleted but I could find little snippets of it online again if you've got the whole thing I'd love to read that over a cup of tea in 2019, Nick Cannon did talk about his Tumblr post on TI's podcast, and he said, quote, I wrote this long ass letter pretty much saying, I respect you as an artist, I'm actually a fan, I think you're one of the best to ever do it, but from man to man, you're talking out of pocket to my wife, you've got to be held accountable for that so I need to see you face to face. And then he continues, quote, I was ready for whatever. I went looking for him because he was disrespecting my wife and I need to show my wife I'm a man, number one. And then two, he said my name and I know I'm not gonna be able to outwrap you, but I will whoop your ass, end quote. This gives me such Will Smith slapping Chris Rock energy, like, because in all honesty, I haven't seen evidence at this point that Mariah's actually that bothered about this. You know, she's being funny and cute about it. She's writing her cute little lyrics. She's bringing her dancer up on stage, pretending to be Eminem. Like, to me, it seems like she's having fun with it. And then Nick Cannon has to come in here and write this, like, manifesto to defend her. And it just, yeah, it's the same energy as Will Smith stepping up and slapping Chris Rock. It's less about defending Mariah and more about defending himself as a husband. In the aforementioned EW interview, Nick recalls that he also accuses Eminem of being racially insensitive in this post and accused him of being obsessed with his wife, who he never even got to second base with. I found a few snippets of quotes that were allegedly in this blog post. So there's one. I thought we got past the days where white men could spew vulgar obscenities at our beautiful queens and get away with it. Yeah, I agree with that point, but also I disagree because we're definitely not past those days. And there's another quote, so Miss Marshall, I'm going to make you wish you never spoke my name and regret the ungodly things you said about my wife. I'm going to be relentless even though I got a lot of other obligations and occupations. You are my new full-time job, homie. What is Nick Cannon's star sign? We need to look this up, guys, because <laughs> what? He is so intense. He's just as intense as Eminem. Nick Cannon star sign. Damn. I always thought Libras were like a little Delulu, but overall cute and calm and collected. But Nick Cannon and Eminem, holy shit. <laughs> these are two, these are like two really intense Libras. Around 2008, we get this iconic paparazzi video of Nick Cannon and Mariah. They're walking along. The paparazzi's like, Mariah, what do you think about Eminem? And her bodyguard's like, no, no, like, we're not going to talk about that. And she goes, what? <laughs> And the paparazzi's like, Mariah, what do you think about Eminem? And she goes, I don't eat candy. <laughs> I fucking love her. In 2009, Mariah Carey releases Obsessed. And this is where I first started to know about the feud because the music video is so iconic. She is dressed as Eminem. So she's playing herself in the music video, but she is also dressed as Eminem who is stalking her. And you know, the lyrics are so good. We obviously have, why are you so obsessed with me? Boy, I want to know. Lying that you're sexing me when everybody knows. It's clear that you're upset with me. Finally found a girl that you couldn't impress. Last man on 
the earth still couldn't hit this. You're delusional. Boy, you're losing your mind. It's confusing, yo. You're confused, you know. Why are you wasting your time? Got you all fired up with your Napoleon complex. <laughs> Go and watch this music video. It is so funny. I just can't with her. She is... I actually think she has such a good sense of humor. This is just insane behavior. <laughs> it is so good. In the same year, she goes on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And again, he asks her to say three nice things about Eminem. And without skipping a beat, she goes, They come in a package that you can carry wherever you go. <laughs> and starts obviously describing Eminem's The Candy. And like, again, this is why I have this feeling that this whole feud is like a fun little game for Mariah. And you can see it in her attitude with Obsessed and literally cosplaying as Eminem. She's making a joke of it. She's finding it funny. She's like fanning the fire on purpose. And then you have Eminem who gets so heated and has to write all these like really intense lyrics about calling her an alcoholic, saying he's locked in her wine cellar and like talking about how he fucked her up the ass. And it's just like, to her, it's just not that deep. Now, 2009 is when, in my opinion, Eminem takes it way too far. He releases his diss track, The Warning. Now, don't get me wrong, I love diss tracks. I don't know if that's toxic, but there's nothing that gives me more joy than just watching someone, you know, get it all out. It's like, it's like if you got to read their, like, therapy journal. I won't lie, though, this particular diss track did give me a little bit of, like, incel vibes. In this track, obviously it's called The Warning. The Warning is basically that he is going to release photos and footage of Mariah Carey that she doesn't want released. And that is so out of pocket. Like that is obviously, first of all, it's illegal to do that. And second of all, under no circumstances should you ever, regardless of what the other person is doing, you should never release photos of somebody. That's disgusting and gross behavior. And I think that's what really sours this diss track for me. Don't threaten her like that, you know, just because you can't handle the public rejection. I just, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was way too far. And like, again, in this diss track, it kind of gives me like angry little boy vibes. And then Mar you've got Mariah Carey's Obsessed, which is so funny and lighthearted. When you play the two songs back to back, it seems like such an irrational response to her music video for Obsessed. The energy does not match the insult. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, here are some lyrics from The Warning. Only reason I dissed you in the first place was because you denied seeing me, now I'm pissed off. He then continues that he's basically going to start spitting facts and he's done holding back and that he guesses he's obsessed now, which is obviously a reference to Mariah's song. And then this is where he threatens to release pictures. He has the lyric, enough dirt on you to murder you. This is what the fuck I do. Mariah, did it ever occur to you that I still have pictures? He also makes some references to Nick's Tumblr post slash letter, basically insinuates that Nick Cannon has no clue how close him and Mariah got. And he also starts to expose himself. This is very 8 Mile, actually. At the end of 8 Mile, he's in a rap battle and he starts rapping about himself, starts dissing himself. And then when it goes to the other guy, the guy's like, well, shit, I've got nothing to rap about you now because you've just gone and aired out literally all your shit, like way more shit than anyone asked for. And he's doing a similar thing here. So we have the lyric, Listen, girly, surely you don't want me to talk about how I nutted early because I ejaculated prematurely and bust all over your belly and you almost started hurling and said I was gross, go get a towel because your stomach's curling. <laughs> Why can I see that happening? Why can I see him doing that and then Mariah Carey being like, Ew! <laughs> go get a towel! <laughs> Filthy! <laughs> 
He also alleges that she's an alcoholic. And then he interestingly says that he that the feud's been fun for him so far and he's found it funny taking these digs at her in his songs over the years. We get the quote, I just think the shit is funny when I pounce you on a rhyme, but fuck it, now I'm about to draw the line. And I don't know, I'm like, have you found it funny and fun? Because all of your songs and all of your reactions to things have been that you're real fucking pissed off about this. You can't handle her denying your like four or five month relationship. And now he's here saying like, I actually thought it was real funny when I was writing music about you. I feel like Mariah Carey found it funny. She was having fun. The diss track ends with Eminem sampling some of Mariah's, those voicemails, and he kind of like turns recordings, different recordings of Mariah into a dialogue between them. Look, it's very creative, okay? Obviously, if these voicemails are real, then it's somewhat problematic to have leaked those, but I will give him some bonus points for creativity. Now, at this point in the feud, we somehow pivot and this is no longer about Eminem and Mariah. I think at this, like after 2009, she doesn't talk on this feud ever again. The feud shifts between being about Eminem and Nick Cannon. Talk about two people who can't let things go. There are so many Instagram and Twitter posts that they make about one another. I will for sure be capturing some of my favorites um, in the Instagram at Mood for Feud, so go and check that out. But we actually skipped to 2019 which is where the feud between Eminem and now Nick Cannon continues. So keep in mind, this is a decade after Obsessed and The Warning were released. At this point in time, Nick Cannon isn't even married to Mariah anymore. They'd finalized their divorce three years earlier in 2016. Now, some people think that this radio silence from Mariah and for most of a decade Nick Cannon is proof that Eminem did have evidence on her or did have the dirt that he was talking about and so the reason that they went quiet is just because they didn't want him to release it. But then why is Nick stirring all this shit up again a decade later? Like obviously Eminem probably still has the evidence. I don't know, I'm on the fence about that. I think Mariah got bored. Like I genuinely think she dropped Obsessed and that was like, she was done with it. You know, she's ready to move on and find the next small dick man to piss off. I don't know. But in 2019, the feud continues with Nick Cannon. He discusses, as I mentioned earlier, his Tumblr post on T.I.'s podcast. And Eminem kind of sees this as him bringing everything back up again. And so he releases a verse on Fat Joe's song called Lord Above. And the lyrics are, I know me and Mariah didn't end on a high note, but that other dude's whipped, that pussy got him neutered. Tried to tell him his chick's a nut job before he got his jaws clipped. Almost got my caboose kicked. Full quit. You're not gonna do shit. I later chopped my balls off too before I lose to you, Nick. Nick Cannon's response to this verse was in an Instagram post. He posted Fat Joe's album art and then captioned it. At Fat Joe's album is fire emoji, star-studded, he even did some charity work and dug at Eminem out of his grave. I mean cave. Lol, bring your ass to MTV Wild and Out to battle like a real legend, Grandpa Marshall. And then he put this, like, the old man grandpa emoji on top of, like, covering Eminem's face on the album art. In 2019, Nick Cannon releases a diss track called The Invitation. And again, this is him trying to invite Eminem to come and fight him on his MTV show Wild and Out. Notable lyrics are, call Kim, somebody get Haley, and that other kid you raisin that ain't even your baby. My baby mama killed you off a decade ago, you're still crying about bitch now who really the hoe. 
Not cool for roasting Eminem for adopting a baby. I was giving him all his flowers at the top of this episode for doing that, and Nick Cannon out here is like, you're raising something that's not even your baby. To that, I just want to say, shut up, Nick Cannon, just because you've fathered like 45 children at this point. In another lyric from The Invitation, Nick alleges that he's heard rumours that Eminem's chauffeur has a video of him sucking dick. And to this, Eminem responded in a tweet that said, quote, You mad bro, stop lying on my dick. I never even had a chauffeur, you bougie fuck. And I love that out of the whole rumour, the bit that Eminem decides to defend isn't like, whatever, I've never even sucked dick. It's like, I've never had a chauffeur. He's more offended at the thought of him having a chauffeur. Like, I'm not a bougie fuck like you, Nick Cannon. (laughs) So I will say that I found that funny. And then at this point, Eminem also demands an apology. Now, who comes back to give his two, or should I say 50 cents? 50 cent! Why is he here? It's like he's Eminem's boyfriend. 50 Cent writes an Instagram caption about Nick Cannon, quote, I don't understand to save my life why someone would pick a fight with M. He is a different kind of animal. I haven't seen a motherfucker come close to beating him, man. Hey, Nick, that shit was trash. I ought to kick you in your ass when I see you, punk. Again, why does 50 Cent care so much about this? You know what, I'm not confirming or denying the rumours about Eminem sucking dick, but if such a video is out there, I'm to bet that the dick belongs to 50 Cent. Nick replies to the Instagram caption with his own Instagram, and it's captioned, There he is, ooh, I like that. And then he posted a photo of Samuel L. Jackson's character from Django Unchained, and for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Django Unchained plays like a butler who is pro-slavery almost. Yeah, very much on the side of the slave masters, and he tags the image as 50 Cent. Nick Cannon tries to cancel Eminem and pulls up older Eminem music, which has some pretty gross and racist lyrics about black women, and he samples that into another diss track called Cancelled Invitation. And yeah, I bet, you know what, he wouldn't have even had to pull up old Eminem music. I don't know why he didn't just go to the most recent track. I'm sure there would have been a ton of racist stuff in there. But yeah, to that I say, good luck. Gen Z has already tried to cancel Eminem I don't know how many times, and yet this man keeps popping back up. Like, he is the thing that can't be cancelled. And it is a bit frustrating. I get frustrated with cancel culture a bit because it's so inconsistent. We've got someone like Eminem who time and time again proves that he doesn't care about how his comments come across to marginalised communities, and yet he is literally uncancelable. But then you get someone like the YouTuber Jenna Marbles who literally got bullied off the internet for essentially a poor taste joke and I'm not saying that the joke was was not insensitive, it definitely was, but it was a clearly like her intent behind that wasn't to hurt that community and yet she gets run off the internet. Meanwhile, Eminem's running around time and time again doubling down on some of the homophobic, racist, misogynistic things he says and people are prone to turn the other way and not care about it too much. I think I just get annoyed at how inconsistent it is. In 2020, Mariah announced that her memoir is set to come out and Eminem starts being quoted all around the tabloids saying that he's really stressed out and he's really upset that Mariah's going to say he's a bad lover in her memoir. A source that is close to Eminem was quoted saying, Marshall is stressed out that Mariah is going to say that he was bad in bed or a selfish lover because he has always been insecure about that. She knows that. 
why is he stressed? He already told us that he was a bad lover in the warning. Like, I don't really understand this quote at all, and I don't understand all these articles that came out about it. I don't know if this was some kind of PR stunt to boost Mariah's memoir sales, but he genuinely already admitted that he was bad in bed. In 2020, Nick Cannon does a Billboard interview, and again, he talks about Wild and Out, his MTV show, and mentions that he had invited Eminem on. He said, quote, You gotta remember, I was defending myself once again. He keeps bringing it up for decades. I'm one of those cats that matches energy. I don't do it. I overdo it. Yeah, Eminem keeps bringing it up, but so do you, Nick Cannon, and this wasn't even about you. You and Mariah aren't even together anymore, so I don't think it's fair for him to turn around and be like, well, it's him, he keeps bringing it up, when he's equally there bringing shit up. At this point, because he once again mentioned his MTV show, people were like, okay, is Nick Cannon just doing this to get some press for his show? And I think that that is a highly likely reason. And that's all I have on this feud. This was a lengthy one. Yeah, there was way more to this than I was expecting when I first started looking into it. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I'm kind of in two minds about this. I guess it's a bit of a weird situation because I can't really think of a good reason for either of them to be lying, right? And yet they're both so adamant that what they're saying is the truth. But, you know, we're talking about 2001 when this whole thing started. Eminem's not the most embarrassing person that you could have been caught sleeping with, so I guess I don't understand why Mariah would feel the need to lie about that. And the only reason that I could think of is that she just found it funny and, like, for her it was just fun and games to get a rise out of Eminem. But then at the same time, I don't really understand why Eminem would lie about sleeping with Mariah Carey. Like, to the point where, you know, he has to release all this music about it, I just wouldn't, I personally just don't think it's a situation that either of them would have to lie about. It's just, it's not deep enough to be this pressed about for over a decade. I will say it's weird that there's no paparazzi pictures of them together. I went hunting and I tried to find some, but you know, if they were allegedly dating for six to seven months, as Eminem reckons, they would have 100% been snapped at least once. Like, they were both pretty big in 2001. There's, I just can't see how they would have gotten away with that unless they were like driving around in blackout cars to each other's or, you know, flying in a blackout jet. But that's something that I find is a bit weird. And then the only other explanation that I could maybe give to this is that it was a situationship maybe and it meant more to one person than the other or it was like that thing where you're flirting well you're just being nice to someone and then they think that you're flirting with them and yeah wires get crossed but again I just I find it so strange I can't really I just don't get why this feud even exists especially to the extent that it does. But let me know what you guys think. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I have to say, if I had to pick a winner of this feud, I would be picking Mariah. I think she was having more fun with it, to be honest. And a lot of, it's interesting, a lot of people on the internet think that Eminem's diss track, The Warning, kind of like ended the whole thing and he won the war type thing. But I have to completely disagree with that. In my mind, Mariah just like dropping obsessed, disappearing, not talking about it ever again. To me, she won there. She finished with a funny, iconic, lighthearted music video, and then she was like, that's it, I'm done, like, I've got nothing further to say. And he's the one who sat down and wrote all these really hateful and, like, quite mean lyrics about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I was looking at Reddit and everyone's like, oh, Eminem put that bitch to rest. 
no, he didn't. Like she she just moved on is, is my take on it. But let me know if you disagree with that. I'd be interested to hear all your thoughts, slide into my DMs if you've got any recommendations for upcoming episodes. If you haven't done so already, please rate this podcast. And yeah, if you want to leave me a little review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, if you've just got some feedback or whatever, again, like slide into my DMs at Mood for Feud. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.